In today's show, we talk with author Brian Cornett about his very interesting new book, A Rooster Once Crowed, a commentary on the greatest story ever told. This is the 38th episode of On Faith's Edge. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Danny Gokey, and you're listening to On Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor. This is On Faith's Edge, where engaging, enlightening, and entertaining content brings us closer to living an authentic faith. We'll talk faith and life with people in business and entertainment as we work out the space where God and life collide on Faith's Edge. And now your host, Joe Taylor. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Goki. And uh, Danny Goki is having an unbelievable year. Thank you, Mr. Goki. I have a very interesting conversation today about a very interesting book called A Rooster Once Crowed. And the author of that book is Mr. Brian Cornett. We'll be talking to Mr. Cornett a little bit later in today in today's show. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas and look forward to a great 2015. I cannot wait for the new year to start. Matthew 25, 43 through 46. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one to the least of one of these, you did not do it to me. Hi, welcome to On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor, recovering atheist and your servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations with people of faith in business and entertainment from all walks of life and levels of success. They all have one thing in common. Like Brian Cornett, they believe in God and they come here to talk about it. Last episode, we spoke with David Mullins, brother to legendary Christian recording artist, Rich Mullins. David is the producer for a new movie called Ragamuffin. It's on the life. Uh, it's all about the life of his brother, Rich Mullins, uh, who passed uh, back, you know, several, several years ago. This is a great movie. The movie is called Ragamuffin. You can hear us talk about the movie on onfaithsedge.com slash 37. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 37. Three seven. Also in that episode, Christian rocker John Schlitt comes back to the show to tell us to talk to us about his new album, The Christmas Project. Now I know Christmas has passed, but man, I really invite you to pick up this great CD. It's unbelievable. Again, you can go back and listen to that episode at onfaithsedge.com/slash three seven. On today's show, I talk with author Bryant Cornett about a really interesting new book called A Rooster Once Crowed. It's a commentary on the greatest story ever told. Uh, I got to know Brian at the International Christian Retailers uh, show in Atlanta, Georgia, several months back. And this book, A Rooster Once Crowed, blends scripture and stories in a really interesting analysis of the gospel of Jesus Christ in a compelling commentary. I really, really enjoyed this book, and I enjoyed the conversation with Brian Cornett. Let's get right into it. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. I am doing great. You are in Atlanta, Georgia. How are things down south? That's right. It's great. Atlanta's one of our uh, 
one of my favorite places. And in fact, you and I met each other down at a, uh, at a show down there at ICRS, That's uh, right. as I yeah. mentioned, and got to talk to you a little bit. I wanted to have you on the show, Brian, to talk about this book. You have a rooster once crowed. Yeah. It's, it's kind of my favorite thing to talk about. I, I can imagine this, this thing sold 50,000 books in four months. Tell us about this book and what brought it about and why you think it's resonating with so many people. You know, um, I, I'm a new Christian. I've, I've been, I've been actively seeking God for about five years. And, and when things turned for me, when, when things turned on, I really got to a point that, uh, I was consuming everything I could get my hands on. And, and I, I was looking for this book. I was looking for something that, that wasn't all heart, you know, all squishy and gushy and wasn't all head, mm-hmm. all just intellectual, but that, that, that married those two, that brought the heart and the head together in, into a, a gospel-centered message. So give us, a, give us a brief synopsis of the book. If, if, a, if a new person that's never heard of, uh, heard of you, Bryant, or uh, heard of the book, what, 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 will they, what will they expect when they, what can they, can they expect when they pick it up? Well, so you, a, a reader will pick up two things from the book. Um, the first is we all know these these sort of stories from Scripture: um, Gideon, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, um, David, uh, of course Jesus and Paul. But 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 it's hard to really string those together into a narrative. Um, one of the things that we do every single Sunday is we'll pick out three or four verses and the, and the preacher will expound on that. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but if we do it week after week after week, we risk losing the greater narrative, a, a view of, of the meta-narrative of Scripture. And so the first thing that, the, that a rooster once crowed does is it connects the narrative from Genesis to Revelation, that it's not a bunch of little stories, it's not two books, it's one story, and it's the gospel from Genesis to Revelation. The, the second thing that it does is it is, to, or that the reader can expect is, is it is full of meat. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's not a book. I, I, I've read a lot of books that by chapter six or seven, I've kind of got it. You know, you don't have to tell me again. You don't have to fill it up so that you can get to 200 pages. I mean, it, it is, I was explaining to someone, in fact, just today, that I was kind of like a guy that that barely got a date with that girl, and so I had to lay everything out. (laughs) In the book, I lay out every single sort of thing because I I didn't know that I was going to get another shot with 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 the reader and um, and with the book. So it's it's 200 pages of of very very rich and uh, content. It's difficult to understand that there is an, a story arc that starts in Genesis and continues all the way through Revelation, and and there is uh, there is a um, I, I just call it the meta narrative, and so when you when you understand that, then all of the little stories, the little Jesus types, the little uh, clues that that God gives that. Jesus was plan A from very, very near, if not the very beginning. And, and it's a comfort. It's a comfort to us that, that, that Scripture didn't pivot or, or it wasn't like everything changed once we got to the New Testament, that, that this was the plan. And uh, it's it, it helped me. So this book, uh, this book apparently is based on a Sunday school lesson you once gave. Okay. And that led just the lesson itself. Now, now, now hear this, 
the the lesson itself has been downloaded what eight ten thousand times in over fifty seven countries. That's right, and and that's not a big deal to to somebody like you with a radio station and a and a and a viewer. I mean, a listenership, and you know, I mean, people come here for content. At that time, I was just a guy. I, I mean, I I didn't have a website, and I didn't have a ministry, and I didn't have. Um, I had, in fact, recorded that lesson sort of on, uh, as a lark because a couple of my buddies uh, couldn't be there that Sunday, and I wanted them to hear it. Um, and so I recorded it. I'm a real estate broker, and, and uh, I've, I have to put large files up that clients will download. And so I had kind of a clunky little system, not not a podcast, not a um, – it didn't even go up on Facebook. But uh, in in about 10 days – uh, it had been downloaded four thousand times. Wow, wow, wow! You said you said earlier that this was the book that you were looking for. What did you mean by that? Well, I've got this little story, um, and it's uh, it's about four minutes. In fact, we made a video of it on the website. Um, can I can I share absolutely it? listen? I I, I I I want you to tell that story that the, you're talking about the YouTube video, right, Brian? That's right. I want you to I want you to share that story because this the, the way you put the gospel in this in this YouTube video and I'm going to put a link to the YouTube video and I want you to tell and I want you to tell the story here as well but that's a powerful powerful video uh, on YouTube and it really brings the gospel home in a way that frankly and I've been a believer I came to I came to Christ as an adult as well uh, but about 20 or so years ago um, the but I've never heard it put this way, and it really, really hit, hits home. So while I want you to tell the story, I, I also want people to go to YouTube on the link on the show at uh, onfaithsedge.com and listen and watch and watch the YouTube video. But go ahead and tell the tell the story. Yeah. Oh, well, it, 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 I call it the porch story, um, and, and it starts out imagining that you're a parent and you have two children, a boy and a girl. Your boy is literally a high school All-American. He, he plays a sport that you love like you have never seen. He loves you, and he loves other people. He, he, he has this interesting thing about him that no one's ever met him without walking away saying, that young man will, will, will own the world someday. He, he graduates, and he goes to college, and he, plays a sport there and he, uh, and he has a full scholarship and he, and he chose that college because it was where he thought you wanted him to go. And he graduates from there and he, and he marries a girl and you love her and, and she loves you. And when you get together, you literally orbit around each other. He, he gets into law school and, and, and he goes, he's in a far off city. You still see him, but, uh, but he's, 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 a, he's, he's away from you. But but remember, you've got a girl, too, and that girl is so strong, and she is so beautiful. But from a very early age, she's shown an uncanny ability to make wrong decisions. She lies to you. She steals from you. She curses you. It, it gets so bad that for her to be in your presence physically hurts her, and you feel exactly the same way. And... So you've been estranged, and and for the last three or four years you've looked for her, but you you haven't heard from her. And one day you're in your kitchen, and you're about ready to go out, and you get this phone call, 
and, and there's a girl on the other end, and she's crying, and she's apologizing, and she says, you don't know me, but I'm a friend of your daughter's, and we've gotten into some really bad stuff, and she's been sold. There, there's some men, and they're from overseas, and they'll be here in a few hours, and if you ever want to see her again, we're at this address, and, and the line goes dead. And you're you're sitting there in your kitchen, and you're you're looking down at this address that you've written down, and you realize that there's no way that you can get there in a few hours, but but that your son can. Your daughter's in the same far off city that your son is, and 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 this brings three questions. That uh, the first question is, do you send her? Do do you send your daughter? Do you send your son to save your daughter? Mm. You know, I've, I've, I've given that, um, that this, I've told this story to a number of groups and, and every once in a while, someone will try to answer that or, or, and a few times they've emphatically said yes. But the second question is, if you know, and I can't tell you how you know, but if you know that your daughter died, that, that, that your son dies in that house, that there's no chance they both make it out alive. If you know your son dies in that house, do you send your son to save your daughter? Mm. I can't answer that question, brother. Yeah. And and then the third question is, if you know, and I can't tell you how you know, but if you know your son dies a terrible death in that house, do you send him, if you don't know that you'll save her, if all you know is that she'll get three steps outside of that door and standing there on that porch, she'll decide to run home to you or to turn around and to walk back inside that house into the life she built. The story, <clears throat> the story became real to me when I realized that every morning when I wake up, I'm that girl. Even this morning, I was that girl. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, I don't always break off that porch and run home. Uh, sometimes I sit on that porch and hang out. And sometimes I walk back inside that house. Every morning, it's a new day. But, you know, you, you asked, what what did I want? You know, why was this book special? Why, why, what did I want in a book that I wasn't getting? And, and the cross, the gospel, but, but specifically the cross of Jesus Christ, is a place that we have to go every single day. And and if we don't return there, then I get lost. I mean, you may be better, or some of your viewers may, or listeners may be better, but I've got to return there every single day. And if I don't, then I, I forget. I mean, just like Israel forgot, just like Peter forgot. It's... It, it's a it's a real place, and that story specifically, and, and and other things in the book, but but that story specifically puts us right at the foot of the cross every single time. And it hits home, not only not only home, but it hits the heart, because no parent, no parent can fathom making that choice. No parent can, I, I, you know, I don't care how much you think it through, how much logic you put behind it, how much you weigh it out. No parent can fathom making that choice. And that's, that's what God has done for us 
for every single one of us individually. Man, Brian, what a great, great way of putting it, brother. Yeah. And, and another, you know, we talked about sort of the meta narrative of, of scripture and, and there are themes that are just constantly revisited. And for me, the, the theme that, that, that I can't, that, that I'm always reminded of is that I'm not typically the person I think I am in these stories. And so that story in particular, you know, you, you think you're one person, but you're really the other person. Right. And, and and in any story, in David and Goliath, and Jonah and the whale, you know, we we think we're one person, but you know, are we? Are are we not the other? Right, right. A rooster once crowed. A commentary on the greatest story ever told. We're here with author Bryant Cornett, and uh, wow, man, wow, what a great, great way of putting the gospel. Uh, amazing, Brian. Now what? Was this a story that you heard or was that, or was this just put on your heart one day and you said, man, this is it. This is so, it. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, really the, uh, the whole book, um, started about in October of, let's see, uh, 13, 2013, no, 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 2012. And, um, I'd, I'd been a Christian for a while, and, and I was just, and I felt like a reservoir that was just getting poured into. Um, I was, I was deep in study. I was in prayer. I was in meditation. I was, I was, I just couldn't get enough. But I had no outlet. I, I, it was just, I was being poured into, but I had nothing, no, no opportunity to, to, to pour, to, to release. And so I started teaching uh, Sunday school classes or leading Sunday school classes, and I was good at it. I got really good at it and um, I, I would get in there and I would have eight pages and, and we had a beginning, a middle and an end. And every once in a while, someone would raise a hand and, you know, they'd have a question and, uh, and I would address it, uh, but we weren't going to go there because there was a middle and we need and to, in order to get to the end, we needed to get through the middle. And I, I got this little prick on my conscience that I wasn't leaving room for the spirit that um, I was, I was, I was in prayer and I was uh, open to nudges from the spirit during my preparation. But, but when I was in that room, it was, it was, a, it was more of a, it was a performance. Um, so I disregarded it. I mean, that's what we do. You know, we, you, you begin to feel this, this sort of prick from the spirit. You go, well, yeah, that, well, that's not important. Or, you know, that's such a minor issue. Let's, let's talk about this really important stuff. And eventually uh, the way that I decided that I was going to handle it, the way that I was going to resolve that tension was um, I was going to give a lesson with no, with, without uh, preparing. So in the biggest class that I got to, to share with my own Sunday school class, it's a, a hundred people. Um, I was going to ask one person to read a new Testament scripture, another person to read an old Testament scripture. Only they would be in on it because it wasn't about this sort of, you know, it wasn't a trick. It wasn't a, a skill that I was showing off. And uh, and I was going to try to link a lesson together just in, in October of 2012. And uh, I talk about it in the book, uh, about this whole process of, of, of sort of doing this. And so this is, so, so God had pricked my conscience, and I had decided exactly how I was going to do it, you know. And um, I, I started spending the same amount of time in prayer and in study, but I didn't know what I was studying for because I didn't know what what, less, what um, lessons or, or scripture those two were going to 
we're going to read. It was going to be random. And that Thursday night before that lesson, I, I got this vision. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm uncomfortable calling it a vision. Uh, so we'll just use a lowercase V, yeah. but as, as clearly as you could explain a painting, I saw this picture of the gospel story and it wasn't like a painting, but for the first time I was able to link together everything from this porch story um, in the beginning, God, and then the fall and then Cain and Abel and the prophets and, and this idea of, how painful it must have been to wait for, um, and I talk about that in this chapter called the weight of the gospel. So the minute that humanity was able to bear the, the, the physical weight of the gospel, Jesus came. All of these things sort of, for me, for the first time strung together. And that, it wasn't a book. This was just, this was just something to get me through Sunday. Um, so I've talked a little bit about those, those those themes of the Bible. Another theme of Scripture is that God consistently honors those who take something that they should have loved, that, that, that should have been their security and their significance, and they put it on an altar and they kill it. And, and my march toward that Sunday was I was taking this carefully curated persona, this this person that I was to that class and I was prepared to humiliate myself uh, to answer sort of this, this prick. And and so that Sunday I gave that lesson. That's the lesson that I recorded. It was the first lesson I'd ever recorded, I think. And, um, and I uploaded it and I knew it was special. It was, it was so, I mean, it was, it was powerful and it was strong and, um, but, so, so, and that was the that was the beginning of all of this. Well, this is an important book, Brian, and uh, you have an important event coming up. Uh, I think at the I guess it's the beginning of of next year. Uh, going actually going through January second, like I said before, we are in December of 2014 right now. Called Light Up the Darkness, and and you intend to give 1,300. Um, uh, you intend to distribute a rooster once crow to 1300 prison chaplain programs through an organization called CLI prison ministries. Tell us about light up the darkness. That's right. We're really, really excited about this. So um, a few months ago uh, we were uh, notified that uh, CLI prison ministries, a, a great prison ministry out of North Carolina had selected a rooster once crowed for distribution. Uh, they distribute books into 1300 prisons. There's a, a little uh, video on our, on our site about it, but they say that uh, the, the, the chaplains report that some of these books are read by a thousand inmates until they literally just fall apart. Yeah. They, uh, they send one or two books uh, into the prisons every six months or so. And so we're, gonna, we're trying to raise uh, $10,000 to send 2,500 books into the prisons uh, in 2015. And we've got a little crowdfunding campaign. It's on Indiegogo, but um, probably the easiest way to find it is uh, bit.ly. Uh, so www.bit.com ly forward slash light up the darkness and uh we've raised four thousand dollars for it that we're totally on track to to raise the full 10 um and and you're right it goes through january 2nd well i will uh i will certainly make sure that we put a we put that link 
uh, just so people don't have to remember it if they're driving down the driving the car or running <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes at onfaithsedge.com. So we'll we'll certainly link to that uh, uh, to that campaign. Wow! You know, as an author, the the, the greatest uh, gift that, that that you can get is for someone to really engage in the material. And when people have engaged in the material, they've they've really come away stronger. In, in their faith and closer to God uh, through it, things, things that they never thought to uh, about, um, they they come away with a stronger understanding of. But other things that, you know, essentially their spiritual junk drawer, <laughs> where, you know, the the the, the couple of extra D cell batteries, and it, it gives them a place to put a lot of those things and a, and a context for it because all of a sudden they've been there, they've they've been there to. Calvary. If I'm not mistaken, Brian, you have there is a, a leader small group study guide that goes along with a, a rooster once crowed. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So ebooks have so, so much promise, but it's still a pretty jicky uh, platform. But we have pushed we, we have pushed every single bit of uh, of uh, performance out of it. It, it. This is a very cool little book. Uh, it goes through chapter by chapter and gives someone that's taking a small group uh, through through a rooster once crowed all sorts of resources. There oh, are cool, uh, cool. there are uh, main idea uh, points. There are uh, additional commentaries, stuff that didn't make the book. There's also links to an iTunes uh, playlist. So there's one song for each chapter. Everything from uh, Handel's Messiah to uh, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, um, <laughs> Mumford and Sons. I, it, I, I, when I think about the ch- those chapters in, uh, in, in, uh, along with these songs, it, it makes me weep. Now, I, and and I, I read some of this stuff too, and I think, who, who wrote this? I mean, this, this, <laughs> it, it ministers to me even yeah. still. Uh, this uh this leader small group study guide it can be found on Amazon or yeah oh I'm sorry so uh, it's it's like I think it's a dollar on Amazon uh-huh. uh, ninety nine cents but um if 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 any of your listeners will uh, go to fullporchpress.com and register their email address there we'll send them not only the uh, a a PDF copy or a, a place to download the leader small group study guide but uh, they they'll also get access to a, a whole other section of the website that's just for uh, leaders of, of these small groups of resources last minute if you want to stream something in the class uh, they, they have a we have a special section for for those folks where can we find a rooster once crowed and more information about it you know um it was really important to me that the that that the book was everywhere someone would would want to find it and you can only do so much about the bookstores but certainly online this book is pretty widely available. Um, it, it's going to be available on any e-reader pr- platform that anyone would, would possibly want to use. Um, Amazon Kindle, iBooks, uh, Deeper Shopping, Kobo, Smashwords. It's even uh, on a kind of a strange Indian flip cart, which is sort of the Amazon of India. <laughs> go, go. Um, but paperback is is – uh, is certainly available on Amazon, on uh, at, at ChristianBook.com, Barnes and Noble, uh, Hastings. Okay. Entertainment. Okay. So it, it's pretty widely available um, on whatever platform someone want to go. It's got it's got over 
300, um, 400 scripture embedded in, in the book. Um, so that in the paperback, they're sort of floating in these text boxes alongside. So it, it, uh, it flavors the, 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 the discussion instead of, um, sort of, if, if, if you, re- if, it bothers me when I when I'm reading a book and I've kind of got a, a flow going and then it sort of stops and the scriptures there. But but these, this has scripture boxes that are, are are floating so that you sort of get a flavor of of the thing as you go through. Um, and then in the ebook, there's all kinds of stuff that's been embedded uh, within the ebook uh, that that are kind of uh, neat little tricks and tools and and, and things. I tell you what I'm going to do is I'll, I will uh, just to keep it simple. I will, uh, I'll put a copy to the Amazon link for rooster runs once crowed, uh, in the yeah. show notes today. And, uh, I don't know how I'm going to do it or how I'm going to, uh, how, how I'll administrate it. But, uh, uh, I tell you what I'll, I'll do is I'll give a, I'd like to give a couple copies of the book away, Bryant and to, to a listener, just go to onfaithedge.com And, uh, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but, uh, uh, there'll certainly be something right there, uh, right there on, on, on faith about this book. And I'll give a couple copies away myself. So I think it's, that, that would be awesome. I think Thank that's you. important of a book. I really, really do. Brian. Hey, I'd like I'll, to- uh, I'll do you one better. Um, if, if you'll send me the names of the folks that win them, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll sign them and to you. Outstanding. Outstanding. Very cool. Thanks, brother. You, Thanks, brother. Hey, can we get to know a little bit about you? Uh, uh, specifically, uh, we'll talk a little bit about your faith and and uh, kind of your faith journey. You said you're a new Christian. Yeah, I, I still feel new. Yeah. yeah. How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? You know, um, I grew up in the church. I was uh, I grew up in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, my parents took us to church. We were, we were always part of a youth program. I, I had questions that, um, that, uh, that never got answered. And I, I just encourage people that, uh, that are teaching young kids that to, to take time because those questions seem, you know, maybe like a nuisance or, or maybe too hard, but they're important to those kids for me. And I'm not blaming anybody. It was me. I mean, I, I remember very, very, specifically being 10 or 12 years old, I was on a bike. I still remember where I was and, and sort of feeling this call from God. And, and I answered, no, I, I wanted girls and money and power. I wanted, you know, sort of the world. Uh, I chased that. I mean, I was a good guy. Um, I was, I was probably the guy that most fathers wanted their daughters to marry. Um, and I, uh, went to Johns Hopkins because it was the best school I got into. And uh, I had a really atypical, but just all-star experience uh, doing that. When I graduated, I started a business in Vietnam. I lived there for the, the better part of two years. Uh, when I shut that business down, I, I moved uh, back to Atlanta because the girl that I wanted to marry lived here and we got married and we had kids. I, uh, I've been doing commercial real estate for, uh, 13 years now, uh, uh, extremely successful. I won awards and, uh, the, the break point for me wasn't sort of hitting bottom. It was realizing that all of these things that I'd done and, and that I'd gotten, I was still me. I, I, the, this, I had this God shaped hole in my heart and everything that I'd thrown into it, everything. I mean, stuff that if, if I would have looked forward two years and said, okay, if I could have that, 
then I'll be good. Then I'll be fine. Then I'll, then I'll really be something. And, and, and I finally just quit kicking that football or trying to kick that football because every time I got it, it would say, yeah, but there's something else. And so it was a realization to me that I hadn't even, I still couldn't see the bottom of that hole. All the stuff I'd thrown in there, all the stuff that I'd done, the good things, the, there was just that I hadn't even begun. Mm. And, and that for me became, or started this earnest pursuit of God. So you, this was what, five, six years ago, you said? That's right. Since, since that time, I, you, you apparently had a, had a surrendering experience and at that, a, a conversion experience of some sort. Um, have you had a time since then that you've doubted, doubted the existence of God or, or your belief? You know, I have a, a relationship that I haven't really found anybody else that's like this. Um, but it is, uh, I am constantly seeking God's will for, for what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, and I have less of a uh, question about the, uh, the existence of God or, or kind of a, a questioning of my faith and more of uh, on, on, that, on that scale of sort of performance to grace, I, I tend to veer way too far into performance. Mm. And, uh, and, and I tend to want to know that the things that, that I'm doing please God. And, and I don't always have immediate response. So if I laid it out on paper, you would say, man, that is, that is exactly, you know, God loves that. You know, you are, that, that is great, but I don't always know that he does. Um, so I, yes, you know, this morning, yesterday, <laughs> last week, I mean, I, I am, I am constantly working through that with, uh, with, with God, with, with Jesus, with the Holy spirit. You know, it's funny when you said this morning, uh, I'm reminded of a couple shows back. I spoke with, uh, uh, the producer for the new left behind movie with Nicholas cage, uh, mm -hmm. Paul Aland. And I asked him that same question and, uh, he said, yeah, uh, yesterday I doubted the existence of God. <laughs> and he said, uh, my, I'm convinced that 90% of the people that, uh, 90% of Christians uh, actually do doubt the existence of God and the other 10% lie. <laughs> you know it's 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 funny and i think that 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 it's okay man it's okay god 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 does doesn't want these automatons that that it just you know blindly you know he gave us minds he gave us the ability to think critically and and he gave us logic and and that makes our faith that much stronger when we when we when we come against those doubts uh when we come up against those doubts and and god answers those doubts it's just uh uh, yeah, you're right, man. You're right. It's uh very cool. Very cool. And and Tim Keller helps me get back. Uh, he is he is just an all-star uh, preacher. I, in fact, I think probably I'm going to go on a limb and say the, the best preacher preaching today. I mean, he is absolutely incredible. And he, I have uh, I had a friend that um, when I when I was was extremely new, you know, uh, twelve. 18 months in who gave me a whole lot of his sermons from the eighties and the nineties. And I'm telling you, 
the one that I stick in the car tomorrow will be the exact one that w- that's dealing with exactly what I need. Wow. Well, Tim Keller. Yeah, he's with think- uh, Redeemer Presbyterian Church. Yeah. Just like that, right? I'll definitely check him out. I'll definitely check him out, man. Hey, Bryant, let's do a round of instant insight into Bryant Cornett. Bryant, this is where I'm going to ask you some quick questions, and you simply respond with answers that will make us feel like your best friend when we're done. Fair enough? Sure. <laughs> what what single person in Bryant, the rule is you're not allowed to say Jesus. What single person had the biggest impact in your life? Uh, so I had three, and um, they were they were specifically men in my Sunday school class. Uh, we were we joined a Sunday school class, and this was another one of the things that started to sort of uh, break through to me. Um, it was uh, Steve Sateris, it was Darren Short, and it was Neil Creech. And those three guys were the first model that I had that you could live faithful, loving Jesus in this world. I, I hadn't seen... Uh, I hadn't had that modeled for me. Uh, and, and as guys, especially, we want to know, okay, what does that look like? <laughs> you know, how, how, how does that get put together? Uh, and, uh, and and they were the first three for me that, that said, oh, okay, you don't have to just shave your head and, and move to, to a desert. You know, there, you, um, God needs faithful people here, and here's how you do it. Yeah. That's right. And, and, you know, these guys weren't, these guys didn't sort of get together or, or even sort of know that they were having this impression on me. Um, I've, I've certainly told them since, but they were just living. I mean, they were just living Christ in, in the world. They, it wasn't, it wasn't a concerted effort. They didn't take me to breakfast. It was just, it was just them being them. Wow. Wow. Cool. The most exciting thing I've ever done was. I think this almost every day, and it, it, it sort of tapered off a little bit now because the book has been out since January. Uh, the book sort of launched January first, but every day, almost every third day for a while, there was some new thing that I needed to do for this book, and I would go to bed saying, "No, I'm not doing that. That's you know, that's just as as far as I can go with this," and then. I would think, well, um, so that's that's the price that we're not willing to pay. That you know that we're that I'm not willing to pay in order for some for one more person to read this. Mm. And so I just get up in the morning and just gut it gut it out again. Um, cool. So this has all been really exciting. I mean, I have sort of a podcast. Uh, when I when I uh, give a talk, I, I record it and put it up. I have. Um, a blog I have, I mean, I've, this is what I thought was just me giving a lesson that turned into a book, turned into a, a real ministry about doing the thing that, that, that those three men just did for me. Is all of that, uh, is all of that at full, full porch press.com? That's right. Full okay. porch press.com. Full porch press.com. And of course I'll put the, I'll put that link in the, in the show notes as well. My wife, Mary pillow makes me, really happy she's um she's so great she, she she uh so we live in atlanta and uh some of your viewers may be able to sort of um uh relate to this but uh no one's going to tell you the, the the bad stuff in the south <laughs> <laughs> and and uh and 
so it hurts sometimes, but I need to hear it. And uh, and she's she's the person that says, you know, nobody wants to hear that, or that was a little tough. Uh, so, but 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 at the end of the day, I mean, if if I, I I've done a lot of things right, but if I don't do that right, then I've I've lost it, and I'm 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 constantly trying to remember remember that every day because it's easy to blow it. Yeah. Yeah. God is. God is big. Uh, God is lovely, but God is serious. Mm. I, I think that, um, one of the things that I try to envision when I'm in prayer is this idea of going before a king. And and Ameri- we Americans, we have no idea. I mean, even the British are, you know, it's just sort of, you know, almost like a celebrity. But if you think about in, in, in the days when a king really was the entire sustenance, I mean, he held, he held your life, he held your family's life, he held everything you ever had and everything you ever were in his hands. You know, we we're lucky that we we worship a kind king, a just king. But but there's also a bit of reverence and a bit of um, this this idea that you know I I don't bring anything to this meeting. <laughs> I bring worship. I bring adoration. But at the end of the day, I I come with 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 nothing. And. Uh, and that's something that I want to I want to remind people sometimes. I, we we make God maybe just a touch too cuddly, mm. or or very very harsh and you know and and, and terrible and, and and neither of those are exactly true to, to me. What single Bible passage has the most meaning to you? With this CLI thing, I've been really really hitting on uh, Matthew twenty five. I was in prison and you came to me. When do we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Um, I love Romans 8. Um, this, uh, in all things, God works for the good of those who, mm. who love him. Um, I, I've got a couple. Brian, here you are uh, a, now an accomplished author, ministry leader. Uh, highly successful real estate broker, husband and father. But what does success mean to Bryant Cornett today? You know, um, I mean, this sounds, I, I almost, because, you know, the, the me from six years ago would think, oh, what, a, what a load. But I, I, I want to please God. I mean, I want to please God. Um, and And so that is, that is, the central piece of, of, of my prayers that, that I'm, I'm, I'm doing work that pleases him. Finally, Bryant, as we, as we wrap up, uh, what would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? You know, this is your famous question. I knew this was coming. (laughs) I go, I mean, that, that question immediately draws back to this Tim Keller sermon that I heard. And, and it's this understanding that, you, you know, we are standing on the, pre, someone standing on the precipice of belief 
recognizes that there is a gap, that there is a gap between where they stand and that that belief in in Jesus and God. And that's true. I mean, that, that is absolutely true. Could, could God have done something different? Could he have said, you know, touch this stone and, and, and you will know me or, or say these words or, or swim in this river and, and, and you'll be saved? Of course he could. But it was by design that he chose to reveal himself through a book. Mm. And that tells me that more than the knowing is this pursuit is this is this constant pursuit of 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 knowing god I and mean, that 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 is the very definition of a book but i'd also encourage i'd also encourage your your listener that that's on the precipice to look behind him because there's a gap behind him too and it takes a, an extraordinary amount of belief to not believe to think that that oh you know what we used to believe patience yeah but now we know you know now we know the real thing well, well today's science is, or today's sort of established fact is undone by tomorrow's new discovery I mean we we have about three or four pieces in a ten thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and we're trying to figure out the the the, the full view of it but but there is there is something that's very real that is on the other side of it. And, and I don't know that I have it completely right. And I don't know that, 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 that Tim Keller has it completely right, but there is something that hits me as extraordinarily true about this. And, and you don't have to check your head at the door. You can thoughtful, intelligent men and women believe. I don't think we can say anything more than that. Brian Cornett, thank you so much for being with us today. The book is A Rooster Once Crowed, a commentary on the greatest story ever told. And man, it's it's a good book. It's a good book. Thank you so much, brother. This is a really, really good book. Thank you again, Brian, for coming on the show. Just a reminder, if you want to help Brian and me uh, bring this gospel commentary to 1,300 prisons, reaching 2.5 million American prisoners, please, right now, visit the show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 38. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 38. And uh, go down and scroll down in the show notes and look for Light Up the Darkness. The deadline to give is Friday, January 2nd, 2015. If, you, if you're listening to it past that, I don't know if you can still give or not, but I, I know as of right now, the deadline to give to this uh, very important project is uh, Friday, January 2nd, 2015. So please go now to onfaithsedge.com slash 38. Uh, Rooster Once Crowed is available at Amazon and almost every Christian book outlet. As I mentioned, as I mentioned in the interview, we'll give away a couple signed copies of A Rooster Once Crowed. Let's do it this way. If you'll, if you'll send me an email, joe at onfaithsedge.com, again, that's joe at onfaithsedge.com, and put rooster in the subject line, I'll pick a couple people to receive the book, and we'll get Bryant to sign them and, and uh, send them right out to you. Well, that'll wrap up, wrap up today's show. Thank you again to Bryant Cornett, and of course, thank you for listening today. I really appreciate you being here. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to this show. 
Have a wonderful start to 2015. Remember, God is real and eternity is now. Let's go out and live like it. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. 